Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. talk often about health equity and I talk often on this show about access and as a, as a healthcare executive, um, putting provider groups together and, and uniting people and all of those things. Well, people have to have basic necessities and, and infrastructure is so important. Um, we have partners here in D.C. that are really focused on, on, on infrastructure. So I wanted to um, introduce Latrina Owens who is really the leader. I don't, I don't know your exact title. I know that you've had some, some really uh, strong titles over the course of your career, but, but she's, the, she's the lead on um, a major infrastructure project here in, in D.C. And, and kind of the famous uh, St. Elizabeth's neighborhood that, that I'm familiar with from uh, my family living here. And I've talked to you about personal ties mm-hmm. to this area. And, and really what I see you doing is revitalizing the, the campus here um, and bringing infrastructure bringing health care and bringing a myriad of other solutions to, to this area. So I wanted uh, to bring her on to discuss the show on our show and discuss some of the things that she's doing because uh, I find it to be phenomenal. Once again, shout out to, to our partners at Four Walls Media for getting this set up. But but wanted to give you a chance to, to get on the platform and, and tell your story. Um, you've done so much when I, when I when I linked in you and, and kind of got into your resume. I mean, the resume is really astounding. I was just like... Uh, the fact that she was sitting and, and spend 30 minutes chopping it up with me is is uh, is very well appreciated. But but I love the work that you're doing. It's visible. You know, I had a chance to kind of drive around the area and, mm-hmm. and how you're revitalizing this campus. So I wanted to chat with you for a few minutes. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, um, definitely. This is the work that I love to do. Uh, def- uh, this will definitely be a transformational project. Absolutely. Um, for residents east of the river. Yeah. Tell to start. So. You know, we have a local but a national audience. Tell us about this particular community and, um, you know, the what is the St. Elizabeth's community? Where does it lie in D.C. for those that aren't um, local that are listening to this? What are some of the challenges that have been in this community over the years? Okay, so for those who are, you know, not located in the area, um, we are in Ward 8 of Washington, D.C. And, you know, residents refer to it as the Great Ward 8. Um, We are sitting... Yeah, we are sitting on the campus of St. Elizabeth East, which is the site of a formal mental institution that Mm -hmm. was run by the federal government. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who know the history, uh, the can't the this particular property was transferred to the district for redevelopment in 1987 by the federal government. Um, The mental institution at that time is just pencils down they felt like it was a very inhumane way Mm -hmm. to keep people housed so it just shut down abruptly now Um, was it military associated was it was a mental institution for people in the military it was a combination yeah it's a combination um but it started out with the with the military and it was actually the first um institution that housed african-american wow okay uh, so it closed up and it has been sitting vacant till about 2018 when the sports and entertain. Well, right. no, I'll say the rise in the Gateway Pavilion. So about 2014, okay. uh, we started to do some. So it's just absolutely vacant here. So Correct. it was just like a ghost town, like ghost within town. D.C. Mm-hmm. So you have all of this development on Navy Yard. And this not that far from here in this right, area right, is just right. completely vacant, like a ghost town. Correct. So a ghost town, um, 183 acres. Mm development uh st elizabeth is a historic campus and is guided by a master plan 
So the master plan guides all of the development that we're doing here on the campus. Okay. Okay. So how did you get into this role, Latrina? Because you have a very, you know, you've been a chief of staff on some major yes. development projects and, yes. and your, your resume. I mean, I could go into every step, but um, go, go Google Latrina Owens ah. and, and you can find for yourself if, if you're listening. She's done. I can't do her accolades justice uh, just by what I've read off of LinkedIn, but you've, you've been plugged in with a lot of, you know, really important projects and, and important yeah. people and, and really building up the community. What what made you come to this particular project? So I'll say that um, all of the steps in my previous, uh, like my previous employment opportunities have just built me up for what I'm doing here today. When I moved to DC in about 2006, this is where I started my work, right here outside right. of the gates of St. Elizabeth East on MLK, okay. doing adult education programming and workforce development. Now, why is the adult education and workforce, why are those two programs so important to, to communities like here? So um, we are sitting in the middle, of course, of a, an area that has been underdeveloped mm. and, you know, historically underserved. Mm. Um, in 2018, when Mayor Bowser ran for re-election, she made a commitment to bring development east of the river. And okay. she has been steadfast in bringing um, community development and also af new affordable housing opportunities yeah. uh, to Ward 8. So when I, so as in, being a community development, workforce development and the educational component are very important Absolutely. in this work because this is how we get people connected. This is how we get people on a spectrum to to be able to uh, obtain jobs, have a pathway to the middle class, right. and you know increase their income and in their tax base. However, uh, it is also important for me that when doing um, just development, that people understand what what they're hearing. Mm. So I also use that uh, to teach people about what is happening in their communities. Mm. You said a pathway to the middle class. I yes. love that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> um, I think that that's such a, a fantastic phrase mm -hmm. because in our communities and when I was out in Phoenix um, working with the with the Blue Cross plans in Phoenix, there wasn't a high black population. There was a very high Latino population, uh -huh. but it was the same thing. People are looking for a pathway to get out of poverty that's right. and get into the, the middle class. Could you expound a little bit on that? Because if you don't have the opportunity to get a seat at the table mm -hmm. that literally we're seeing now, especially with COVID, mm -hmm. it's a life or death situation. You're I right. mean, the, the lack of care, lack of infrastructure, those things are, are killers. Mm -hmm. Those things will kill you just as much as diabetes will kill you or high blood pressure. So explain a little bit on, on that statement. So I think it's a great statement. I think it's really about um, the pathway is just truly about just having a seat at the table, just having. Right. Um, when we say equity, we don't mean it's not about equality, but it's about at least we're all starting at the same step so that we all have the same opportunities. Mm. The same way in healthcare, with us building a hospital here, we can't start at the same um, base if, if I'm already starting unhealthy right. and I don't have access to the appropriate health care. Right. So it's truly about those things coupled together, having the opportunities, having the, um, the education and also or the training necessary to perform jobs and also at least having access to a spectrum of health care. Um, so that you can be, you know, able to per, able to just perform for yourself and your family Absolutely. and put yourself on a pathway to the middle class. Tell us about the hospital development and the plan. So me being a healthcare guy, mm -hmm. 
um, really spent a lot of time on the health plan side, so the right. payer side, uh, you know, working for the for Blue Crosses. Um, I've done a lot of work with ACOs. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work with FQHCs that are in, in rough areas and, and where people are severely underserved. Um, some of the best work that I've done, I believe, in my career is actually in the FQHCs, in, in some of the worst neighborhoods, in some of the rural neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, neighborhoods as well, going out to places where you have towns with a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And there's not a major trauma center for for three hours in, in administering care. Right. Um, tell us about the development of the hospital, the genesis. Why are you bringing it back to this campus? And what type of hospital are, are you putting up? Is it going to be a trauma center? Is it going to be outpatient? Is it going to be mental health? What are, what are some of the things that are going to be focused on? So it will encompass all those things awesome. that you said. So we'll be a verified trauma center. Oh, so wow. you'll be able to wow. stabilize patients here. Fantastic. Um, with the helipad on the Fantastic. top of the building so that you can transport them quickly. Um, stabilize them and transport them if necessary. Okay. There's also a partnership with Children's Hospital. Um, it will be there will be a high focus in maternal on maternal and infant health, a NICU, mm. and I say that because there um, when you look at the rates of uh, of mortality rates east of the river, they were a little bit higher. So this will definitely be helpful okay. in that women won't have to drive 30, 40 minutes right. to deliver their child. They right. can deliver it right here. Um, in Ward 8. Or to get proper care as they're going through stages. Correct, correct. Because we all know that if you don't have access to it, you're not getting the care. Now what will the hospital be called? So we have, we don't have a name yet. (laughs) Or we just not having announced a name yet, but coming soon. Okay. That's, uh, that's just, that's just fantastic. Now, are you the curator of this are you on one of the boards that are you the leader of putting the bringing the hospital here so or who are I, some of the people you I, want to shout out I, I locally will, getting I that will hospital? shout out uh, the deputy mayor for health and human services right. Wayne Turnage right. also our partners um, at George Washington Hospital because right. this is a GW United Health Services Hospital so uh, Kimberly Russo also um, who our work with is Ben Stutz. He uh, has been diligently working on the hospital. And in addition to our our council members, Vincent Gray, and definitely our mayor, who has been a champion um, for getting this hospital here at St. Elizabeth's East. That's, um, like I said, my personal experience is, you know, it was my job when I was on um, Medicare and Medicaid Mm -hmm. and kind of leading those programs. And I would go to the board of directors and I'd say, well, here's a zip code heat map. Right. So um, it was my job to make sure that star ratings and clinical outcomes mm-hmm. were high and risk scores were properly managed. And I'd say, hey, you know, these are a couple dozen zip codes where we're not having good outcomes, especially right. with diabetes, especially with oncology, especially um, with morbid obesity, things mm-hmm. that that are just black and white. You, right. know, you can take someone's right. cholesterol and know that they have hyperlipidemia. And I would look at some of these neighborhoods and I'd say, well, you know, we don't have any hospitals or outpatient clinics. Right. And so we have people driving 30, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's that's the and not just for you talked about maternity, but just for simple health care needs. Right. And in inner cities, I've always been in kind of more suburban areas, but mm-hmm. in inner cities, people assume that you could just hop on a bus and get back and forth to wherever you need to go. But the barriers if you have to hop on four buses right. and then you have COVID and then you don't necessarily have the time to do that. Right. So you see a lot of uh, organizations trying to bring healthcare into the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You have mobile units, things like that. I just wanted to say that from the outside looking in, I understand 
bringing a hospital to this community is so big for the communities and the adjacent communities. Like it, it, it literally extends life and extends opportunity to the people. And, and it's a job creator as well. You're so. absolutely correct. And I think it probably extended life by just 10 years knowing that it's going to be here. Wow. Um, but also that the community has been truly very um, active and mm -hmm. helping us to carve out what it is that they need and want in this hospital I'm happy that we're able to deliver it um, for them. This will be a community hospital Sibley to, um, similar to Sibley Hospital. Okay. Uh, but definitely um, we'll, you'll still be able to interact. We'll have walking paths where you can mm. come, like little healing garden, gardens, so you can come on the campus even if you're not a patient. Nice. Um, and then also, if you just want to come and eat in the cafeteria, you'll be it's able always, to do that as well. It's always good food in the hospital. I know. I mean, man, if you like cafeteria food, but it's definitely some good food. If you're listening out there, that that is a life hack <laughs> because it's cheaper. So don't don't go to wherever you go to breakfast. Don't don't go to the Broken Egg or or go to one of these uh, where they're going to hit you up for um for seventeen dollars mm -hmm. for for breakfast you know don't go to one of these national chains uh right come to the hospital <laughs> and get yourself a good breakfast for right. like six bucks and and be on your way what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut to a break mm -hmm. um and then i'm gonna i'm gonna ask latrina about some more about her personal background and then we're gonna talk a little bit about this is what the show is we we, we talk business we're gonna talk a little bit of sports and talk a little bit of music so we'll be back more lance day show after these messages you are listening to the lance j radio network Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to the Lance J Radio Network weekdays at 7 p.m. on Urban One's flagship 1450 WOL in Washington, D.C., and presented by our partners at Episource, the industry leader in healthcare analytics and Medicare Advantage quality products. Jay Radio Network. So I'm in DC. I'm getting I'm getting my raw airs on <laughs> DC City for those that really know music. And I'm sitting here with Latrina Owens. She's she really personifies the the type of interview and, and the type of people that we want to plug in with in, in communities, not just in DC, but but around the country that are very vested in 
the local infrastructure and, and development. You know, we get we get into politics so much. And the first thing Latrina says, she's like, I ain't gonna I'm not gonna answer no political <laughs> questions. Don't don't ask me about don't ask me about the mayor or any of that stuff. We're not, I'm not gonna get into that. And I said, I always use this word, I'm politically agnostic. I don't I don't really care who people vote for or anything. And that doesn't matter to me. I just care about communities. Right. Because I've seen being in healthcare I've seen Democratic communities that were downtrodden in inner cities. I've been to West Virginia and seen some white rural communities that are like 90 percent Trump block voters that have the same issues, uh, if not worse issues. So I'm just really about building a coalition, Mm -hmm. building in with people that want to come up with solutions. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. How can you help your community to be better, to be more successful to bring in jobs, bring in revenue, uh, bring in healthcare, bring in infrastructure. And that's really what La- Latrina does. So I know that you said during the break right. that you had a couple shout outs that, that you, you wanted to make sure. Well, that, that, I actually that, that, shouted that, that, them out, but okay. I did want to just add um, to our spectrum of healthcare that we right. will be adding to urgent care facilities in Ward 7 and 8. Right. So that's most important. of the time when people have an emergency, they go straight to the emergency that's, room. Oh, but there are some things. I used to or, get eaten alive when I was at Blue Cross. Yeah. And you're trying to get people to say, hey. For a broken finger, you can you go can, to the you can go to, Yeah, you don't you don't have to go to the ER. <laughs> exactly. like, you don't have to get an ambulance to come strap you to a gurney for a broken finger. Now, exactly. you know, if your leg's broken, then that's different. But, right. But, so but, we'll yes. be adding two of those just create to create a awesome. spectrum of health care um, for residents east of the river. And also um, on the campus of St. Elizabeth East, we'll have a Whitman Walker Health Facility. Right Right now, they operate Max Robinson, um, which is on Good Hope Road in Southeast. But they'll be expanding um, to 118,000 square foot building. Um, If you are familiar with them, you know them for offering HIV, AIDS, care and prevention services. So important. However, they do offer primary care services and dental services and behavioral health services as well. Those things are also important. important. Um, Mm -hmm. We we know, in fact, I've done a lot of regression analysis on my teams over the years. Dental health is often a precursor for dental health is poor, could be a sign of diabetes, could be a sign of hypertension. Mental health mm-hmm. so big. If your mental health's not right, you're not going to take a statin drug. You're, exactly. you're not focused on that. You're focused on the day to day. So, we devalue sometimes on the health plan side, mental health mental and dental health, health and, and eye health, and those things are all really really important. And I think we're seeing that's becoming um, since COVID very very important. You yeah. hear a lot of people talking, you know, more about it. Definitely. And you know more about access to it. So. Definitely. Yeah, I mean COVID is just, you know, wrecked us from from a mental health perspective uh-huh. that those of us that have experienced COVID or, you know, people that have lost people to COVID, uh, people that are worried about getting COVID, mm-hmm. are young people that have been isolated because of COVID. It's it's just had so much downstream impact it's 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 unbelievable so right. once again uh, a way to curtail that is with infrastructure mm-hmm. and with strategic planning so these yeah, are long-term right. strategic plans it's not like you're gonna open up a hospital and everyone's gonna go home i mean you're building a community longitudinally which is which yes is so important. and you know if you we want you to come to the hospital if yeah. you need to be there but you really want to focus on preventative care uh, so that if so that you don't you limit your hospital stays or if you're there you're not there for a long time. Absolutely. So. When are you when are you scheduled to open one with the project? Um so the how long is the project? We will take? actually start doing some early construction on the mm-hmm. hospital in January right. of twenty twenty two. That's very to soon. open in December of twenty twenty four. So it'll be oh. all phases. So outpatient, ambulatory, 
um, the main patient uh, care facility and also the parking garage. And I would be remiss if I did not shout out my uh, the deputy mayor, John Falcheckio, who's the All deputy right. mayor for planning and economic development. All right. Thank uh, you. Shout out to Mr. <laughs> Falcheckio. Yes. If I pronounced that properly. You though. did. You did. So, Latrina... Now that we've talked some business, yes. we get to the to the pleasure side. All right. If I were to ask you for the keys to your car, uh huh, and you gave me the keys to your car, and I was whipping your car around three ninety five here yes. in Washington, what would be what would be in the tape deck, the CD deck, or the if I turned on your radio, what what would be what what are you listening to when you're on the Beltway, sitting in bumper to bumper traffic? So I think right now, um, you know, you can always catch me listening to some 90s hip-hop and uh-huh. R&B. Um, I think I probably was losing it during the verses with um, KRS-One and um, Big Daddy Kane. I did not see that time. one. Oh, man. The last one I saw, one. <laughs> I saw Jada Kiss put it to to, uh, to Jim Jones and Dipset. I okay, did, that, I did watch that. That was good, but that the KRS-One. Uh, so you're a Big Daddy Kane fan. Big Daddy Kane was a really good one. So I give you a story. The first time I knew that I wanted to be in hip hop uh-huh. and love hip hop was 1988. Okay. Yo, MTV Raps. Ain't no half stepping. The video, he had the four finger ring on. Uh-huh. He had the gold rope, which was probably hollow now that now I look back on <laughs> right. it. But I'm a 10 year old in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh-huh. And he's in the ring with the beautiful girls. He's playing cards. And I turned to my cousin Marquita. I was like, I want to be just like him when, uh-huh. when, when I grow up. So Big Daddy Kane was like my first person. That I was like, this guy is what I wanted to be. I wore my hair like his. Uh-huh. I had the high top Hot fade state. with the with the eyebrow cuts. I, I had all of that. So Big mm-hmm. Daddy K was my idol growing up. Yeah, so I love then. the 90s right. um, uh, hip-hop and R&B. And also, I am a runner. Right. But if you put my headphones on, it's nothing but, you know, that new ratchetness. So, so what's, what's new ratchetness? What? I mean, you know, I listened to some... Um, Megan Thee Stallion? Little Baby. Um, yeah, little baby, Meg Thee Stallion, right, some shout Cardi out to B. Baby. <laughs> shout out to Cardi B. I yeah. mean, I love, I love the lady. I love what Cardi B and and Megan Thee Stallion are doing because they're managing their own careers. And yeah. I think for women in 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 hip hop, and every time I interview, um, I'm always enamored by women that are in powerful positions like mm-hmm. yours because I know as being a vice president, I know that women don't get paid as much, and I know right. it's a lot more difficult for women to climb up the ladder of success because we just live in a male-dominant, sexist right. society at, at times, and then a racist society. Mm-hmm. So when I see black women that are really crushing it, it makes me even more um, Im- impressed. But I, I love what they're doing because back in the Little Kim days, back in the salt and pepper days, yes. you're always under somebody else's wing. Exactly. And now these women are like, Nah, bleep that. Like yeah. we're we're better than the men. So yeah. we're gonna manage our own careers. Own we're gonna we're gonna create our mm-hmm. own path. We're gonna do our own thing. We right. don't need we don't need Biggie Smalls representing <laughs> exactly. us. Exactly. We don't need, you know, Jermaine Dupree representing mm-hmm. us. We're gonna do our own thing. And I and I love it because it's it's business. These ladies are young. Um, I have a lot of uh, artists that are affiliated with this show. And I always hear the term, it's like they're like it's like high school and college. They're like you get eight years mm-hmm. if you're lucky. Right. So some people only get four. So you're talking about three albums, right. four albums. And after you have your fourth album, even the greats, even the tribes, the outcasts, by album four, it's just like, all right, there's somebody younger. Right. There's somebody else that I want to see. So right. I, I love to see them out out getting it. Um, now, as we get to the close, you said, so there are a lot of, we were discussing during the break, the uh, the inexplicable paradigm that there's so many cowboy fans 
in the metro DC area. You happen to be one of them. Now you're I not am. from here. I am not. So you didn't grow up here like I did. No. And I chose the Colts who were in Baltimore when I was a kid. So okay. I was with my father and my uncles and my family and we're at all of these different um, you know, events and watching TV. Mm-hmm. And they were rooting for what was who were the, called the Redskins at the time, the Washington football team. Right. And I was like, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna be a Colts fan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna support the Colts, who were terrible. And then they moved to Indianapolis, right. and you know, just kind of went uh, crazy from there. But tell us a little bit about your affiliation with the with the Washington football team and 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 the Cowboys that that rivalry and and why you're on the wrong so, side for people <laughs> listening of that rivalry. I'm actually on the right side, and uh, we're having a great season. So I know, so I know all the Cowboys fans are excited to season. see that because I know you guys are listening. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I have always been a Cowboys fan. My grandfather, my father, um, my uncles. America's team. America's team, correct. What do you think about Dak? Um, You know, I wasn't happy with him the the week week before last. Are you putting putting on his shoulders? Is he going to get you to the promised land? Or or um, is he Danny White? I'm not going to put, you know, I hope we get to the promised land. But knowing that we at least have a decent backup. Uh, right. If he feels like he needs to sit out, you okay. know, let's let's you know call a mess. So you can get some rest. Okay. <laughs> well, I just I wanted to rib you a little bit over that. It's just um, I hate the Cowboys. I, I, I know, but you have a D on your Cowboys. head. The Cowboys. This is Detroit. This is Detroit. Me being a Midwest guy, but 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 yeah, I'm, I you know I think ultimately when the teams in the NFC East are mm-hmm. good. It's good for the, the NFL across the board. Cause, cause the NFC East is the only division in the country that has four extremely large markets. So right. they have, you know, they have four of the top 10 markets in one division. Mm-hmm. So it's just always fodder for me. So that covers sports and, and all of that stuff, but I, right. I had to chide you over that a little bit as we close. I know that you're private. So know that you're not you. You don't strike me as someone that's on the gram and, and just look at me and I call me. But gram. how do we? If someone wants to plug in with you and hear more about development uh-huh. or hear more about what you're doing here in, in DC or just give you your props, how do we? How do we find you? Where? where so where you can, can actually you? look me up on LinkedIn. All right. I always that's what respond I did. to right. to LinkedIn. You respond to and me. it's Latrina M. So you don't always respond because you. Respond and then I'm also on Instagram at Latrina Owens, all, all right. one word. All right, that's that is awesome. You definitely you want to plug in with Latrina. She's doing great things here in the community, and we really appreciate the time that that you've given us. Um, you know, time is is the most valuable thing in the world, mm-hmm. and the fact that you spend thirty minutes with us really means a lot to me. And we we hope that we can um, check back in with you over the years as the project goes up and, and get more information and, and, and just shout out to everybody listening on WOMDC. You listen to Lance J Radio Network and we are out. Thanks you for are having listening me. to the Lance J Radio Network.
This is Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to the Lance J Radio Network weekdays at 7 p.m. on Urban One's flagship 1450 WOL in Washington, D.C., and presented by our partners at Episource, the industry leader in healthcare analytics and Medicare Advantage quality products.